We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to a special State of the Union pod, where we look at a beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. This special live pod, we will react to the just-completed U.S.-El Salvador game, a win that the U.S., eh, I don't think eked is fair to say because they, they were in control for certainly most of the second half and ultimately got the win that they needed. They advance uh, to the uh, semifinal. And uh, I suppose everybody is happy, but maybe not. You know, uh, this is American soccer. We have a penchant for complaining. Uh, unlike the uh, one that we did last week, this week involves my good friend and my co-host, David Mossy. David, are you there? I am. How are you? Well, thank you for uh, taking a little time out of your Monday evening to be with us here on a uh, live call-in show post-game. Um, I'm assuming that you just got finished watching the U.S. Look, look I think just general comments uh, off the bat. Obviously, in my expert opinion, winning is better than losing. And a home win and a goal from a guy like uh, Pepe, who we know was not involved in the World Cup, but is still a talent and certainly was you know, on the fringe there, uh, that's a good thing. It was a good thing also from a coaching perspective when you make changes and when those changes uh, come in and provide uh, immediate dividends, which is what is the case when it comes to Pepe. Ultimately, a um, win, like I said, not as convincing as I think a lot of people would have wanted. However, I do think that major credit needs to be given to Hugo Perez and this El Salvador team that just continues to, you know, be a difficult team to play against. And I'll just repeat this before we, before we go on. Uh, this is a very positive um, moment, I think, for El Salvador. And given the fact that the United States, Mexico, and Canada obviously are going to automatically qualify for 2026, it provides uh, a huge opportunity for El Salvador, especially this El Salvador team, because there are moments there where they are certainly up to the task. I thought El Salvador was better than the U.S. in the first half. Now, it doesn't mean that El Salvador is a better team than the U.S., but they came out and they did what they did. They, they, they play in a very difficult manner. 
uh, for for the opposition. And it's not it's not rudimentary or raw. And I think certainly in the first half, when it came to um, heel up top and the battle of the two big men, kind of that uh, the U.S. had with DK and uh, El Salvador had with heel, I thought that he was better in terms of the big guys up top. Um, I don't think anybody really stood out. Uh, in, unlike the Grenada game where Christian Pulisic was far and away the best player on the field, he had a relatively quiet performance today and certainly wasn't given the freedom to do the things that he was given against Grenada. Uh, the return of Miles Robinson, I think, should absolutely be a talking point and a good one, a positive one. So happy that he is back and playing. And by the way, playing very, very well. And I think showing immediately why up until that horrible Achilles injury, he was not just penciled. I think he was penned in as one of the starting backs for this national team. And who knows what it would have looked like had we seen uh, Miles in uh, uh, in Qatar. But he's back. I didn't think that uh, Zendayas did a, did a whole lot out there on the right-hand side. Um, and he was given that opportunity to start. Gene Arena had some moments, uh, ended up hitting the post. And, you know, did his usual Gio Reyna thing, but certainly wasn't dominant. But all in all, a good performance, not a great performance. And in a tournament setting, which is kind of what this still is, albeit in the group stage, uh, survive and advance. And they they did more than survive tonight. Um, But it it didn't inspire a whole lot of confidence, especially after that first half. Mossy, initial thoughts. Uh, man of the match is Matt Turner's baby. I don't know if you're still watching the post game, but he is the cutest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> Matt Turner was just hoisting him out on the field. Uh, no, I agree with everything you said. The second half, obviously better than the first half. I thought in the first half, again, I've, I keep harping on this on midfield composition, the lack of a true six in this squad. He had McKinney and Musa playing alongside each other. And then this front four of Pulisic and Dejas on the wings DK up front and Gio Reyna kind of floating behind DK, a 4-2-3-1, sometimes a 4-4-2 with Reyna pushing up alongside DK. And it the, the two in the midfield felt very disconnected from the front four. And so the U.S. really lacked fluidity in their build-up play. I thought that improved in the second half. They, he moved up the lines and McKinney and Musa started to get more involved and progress the ball, and it all felt more connected. Um, so, you know, I do wonder if this is a lineup that – the U.S. team would ever play against a really quality opponent because you are leaving yourself outnumbered in the midfield with only two guys. Gio Reyna functioning as that third guy in the midfield is a bit of a stretch. Um, and then we did see later on when he he brought on Aronson and then when Booth came on for Reyna, Aronson switched to the middle and he played as that third guy in the midfield. And it felt a little bit more natural with Aronson in that role than Reyna. So it was kind of interesting to see the different formations that uh, Anthony Hudson played around with. Now, are you saying that Reyna can't play that position because he's too advanced and therefore it ends up just being two midfielders as opposed to three? Or are you saying that you just prefer him out out wide? Uh, the first thing you said. Okay. I, I, I don't think he functions as a genuine third midfielder when you lose the ball. Um, so I think it does really end up being only two guys really fighting to win the ball back in there. So. And so, so you can get away with that certain games, but uh, this is ultimately about beating the elites and at least competing with the elites. And in that you're going to need all guns blazing and all, all three, three in the midfield. All right. Well, interesting. Listen, uh, anybody that wants to talk, uh, just hit that little button. That little blue light will show up as I can see. Some people already have that indicates to us that you do want to speak. We will bring you up one at a time. Hopefully uh, you uh, come up with something interesting 
and entertaining. Hopefully, you are efficient in the way that you uh, that you uh, that you ask the question or make your comment. And you can talk about this game. You can talk about the national team. You can talk about soccer. You can talk about anything. Ultimately, this is uh, this is your time. We are just facilitating it here. So, all right, let's get started. Ready, Mossy? Yep. All right, should we light this candle? All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. How about we go to Bob Lowe uh, over there? We've, we've talked to Bob before, and uh, he usually brings it. So let's see what he's got today. Bob, are you there? I am here. Hey, how you doing? What would you think? Hey, I, w- I was really uh, pleased with the second half, and uh, mm-hmm. it was seemed like just domination. So, yeah, that's the way soccer is. You dominate, and you only get one goal, but we're moving on to the uh, – to the uh, Nations League semis. Anybody in particular stand out to you tonight? Well, of course, Pepe. I mean, if you make a sub and yeah. then you score, the uh, you know minute after you come on, that's that's that, that's pretty nice. And uh, Weston McKenney looked good at times, uh, but boy, he had that great opportunity and missed it. Yep. He had the header, um, and um, but I mean, he also ultimately, to Mossy's point, in terms of the connection between the midfield and the players up top, he's the one that put that ball through, a wonderful little ball through in for Pepe to get behind, who, who it was wonderful to see it kind of slow down for Pepe. And look, you know, that train that uh, that was rolling along and then kind of slowed down and or veered off the tracks at a, at a, at a, at a certain point, hopefully it's back. And he's been through a hell of a a year and a half uh, in terms of the transition going from MLS and going over Europe and then going on loan and doing all that kind of stuff. Undoubtedly a talented player. Ultimately, is he the answer up top? Who knows? We saw Daryl Dike, who at times was the anointed one, and then he had those injuries, and he certainly brings something very, very different. But I don't think that this team with DK up top was really using him in the way that he wants to be used or that gets the best out of him up, uh, up top. And that's by no means am I saying that he is just all about the physical strength that he has. Certainly that is a, a part of the game, but I think he likes to, I, I think he likes to do that. And he just seems like he was caught between a bunch of different ways to play and still hasn't quite figured out where he fits in. And sometimes that's not fair when you're not, when you're the starter and it's a little easier at times coming off of the bench when everything's kind of settled down or you've already got, you know, sussed out what's going on. But I was a little disappointed in Diki, but I want to hold back a little bit on that disappointment because I still think that there is value there going forward to provide a different look at times for this team. But are they just renting the spot uh, until Mr. Balogun makes the, uh, makes the big I, I mean, so talk about anointing, right? I mean, it's, it's as if basically he has a starting position. He has, uh, you know, the keys to, uh, uh, to the city uh, and all the cities <laughs> when it comes to America. No, I mean, just... Just the decision, if it comes, uh, and hopefully it does, because he is a good quality player. Just the decision is is uh, is great, but then you have to actually get into it. And we have seen players that just because their pedigree was good doesn't necessarily mean they come into the national team and they uh, and they live up to it. I hope I hope that he does because that is a position of need. But don't think for a second that others aren't going to challenge him even with less pedigree or less experience uh, going forward. But it's, it's a good thing. But I guess we'll, we'll cross that you know, bridge when we, uh, when we get to it. But it, it looks good uh, for now, and we've wooed him to the extent that we can or even should. And you know, now we'll see if uh, all that wooing uh, pays off with a, uh, you know, him blessing us with his presence go- going forward. Mossy, do you think that Balagon, first off, is going to um, uh, say yes to the U.S., say yes to the dress, uh, and secondly, is he going to live up to the hype? Yes and yes. 
Uh, you know, it's been interesting to contrast the approaches of the two countries, uh, England and the United States, with regards to Balogun. Um, I just think the U.S. soccer culture, it, it's more, this whole concept of dual nationals, nationals is more intrinsic to the culture. And so uh, Americans are hyper aware of this stuff and, hype, and the U.S. is hyper aggressive in the way they go about it. While England, I don't know, they just seem to be taking this tact of, well, when, when we need you, we'll call you. And if you want to come, great. If not, then too bad. We'll move on to the next guy. I don't get any sense that Gareth Southgate is actively trying to recruit Balogun. So he's going to end up going where he feels the most wanted, which right now is clearly the United States. And yeah, I do think he's a very good player. I mean, watching the highlights from him and Ligue 1 this season with Hans and even a couple of the games I've watched when they played the likes of PSG. Yeah, he's going to provide an enormous boost. But it is interesting that the mere specter of him coming does seem to have lit a fire under uh, Pepe, certainly, who I think was one of the big winners of this window and certainly more so than DK. And so, yeah, that, that could even have an added effect if not only you add a good player, but it motivates the other U.S. center forwards in the pool to perform even better. Competition is good. Bob, before I let you go, quick, uh, will Balagon say yes to the U.S.? Yes, and I just wanted to – I know how you guys love your alma maters and uh, <laughs> the, the Harvard of the West, San Diego State University, who brought us Eric Winalda, Clay Coleman, Marcelo Balboa, making it to the Final Four. So a little shout-out for the Aztecs. All right, wonderful. Well, thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. All right, bye. All right, let's, uh, let's go to somebody else, Mossy, shall we? Incidentally, the San Diego State head coach is a former Michigan assistant, so we had a hand okay. in this. It always goes four. back to Michigan, doesn't it? It always yes. goes back to – all right. Well, how about a uh, Ohio University alum? Let's go over to John Wyatt. Uh, okay, let's add Wyatt. Maybe it's just Wyatt, but either way, it's uh, from over there in Ohio. Unmute yourself there, Wyatt, and uh, speak now or forever hold your peace here on the uh, State of the Union. Yeah, there we go. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's a nice day here in Columbus, Ohio. But uh, other than that, it's uh, I do think Flo Balgan's going to live up to the hype to a degree. He's been put under pressure his whole career as a youngster at Arsenal. He's supposed to make the first team and he did make the first team but then he got loaned off because he didn't uh you know reach those expectations expectations and obviously now he's doing fantastic job at reams um i think he's joint top leading scorer with mr killian mbappe which is pretty good company um but other than that he can live up to expectations and i think he'll say yes to the u.s i think there's probably six guys ahead of him in, in the england team so there's no future there anyways um, but yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, it's Wyatt, right? Or John, which, which yeah, is it? Wyatt. Perfect. Wyatt. All right. Wyatt, let me ask you a question. Do you care at this point how the players come to the national team? Do you care? Do you care that they cared? Uh, what, what I'm saying is, uh, does it matter at this yeah. point if they end up being merc mercenary? Um, do you just want to win or do you care how you win? Do you do you care that when those players walk on the field that it should actually be something bigger than themselves, bigger than the game, bigger than the score? Or are, you, or are we just at a point now where, from an American soccer perspective, we just want to win and regardless of who ultimately it hails. And again, this is not this is not saying that that any person that has a passport has doesn't have the right to be on the team or anything like that. But the national team at least for me, has always been something more than a club team. It has always been something more, for, for lack of a better phrase. Do you care? Um, well, it should be a reflection of U.S. soccer. And I think as a nation, we're a reflection of immigrants. That was our country was built on to a degree. Um, so I think when you get players from different places who really didn't 
live in the U.S. maybe for a large part of their life, like Flo Balgan, which I think he was born in New York City, and then he spent most of his time in England yep. when he was growing up. Um, so that's his story. But I'm not sure, sure, but I think he's the only solution we have at this point. I mean, there was a clear, clear emptiness of the number nine during the World Cup. And we haven't replaced that. And we haven't figured out who it is through qualifiers or any of these things yet. We, and so you have to take a shot on one of these kids. I mean, if he's joint top scorer in a team with Mbappe, that's incredible. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, you don't, well, you don't, you don't have to. You, you don't have to. Hold on a second. Why? I just want to make sure that I understand this. So would you rather have ultimate success in a men's World Cup with the U.S. men's national team by utilizing players that have no connection, no feel, and no ultimately, for lack of a better word, um, love, I guess, for the country other than the fact that they have a passport? Would you rather do that than lose with players that have a connection. And again, when I say a connection, it doesn't even necessarily have to do with how much time you've spent growing up or where you grew up or, or anything like that. It can manifest in a bunch of different ways. And again, this is not about Balagon. I, I don't I don't know him personally. I don't know ultimately how how he feels about this. But I think that this it's you know it's kind of an existential type of question that that we have to answer as we continue to grow. And as we continue to get more desperate for success when it comes to the men's side, what are we willing to trade? How much How much of that are we willing to have as opposed to what has happened in the past? And who knows, maybe it's just progress and evolution and a change that older guys like myself or others kind of have to wrap our minds around going forward. All right, sorry about that. Interesting. Okay, good. Um, sorry about that. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I asked, uh, I guess it's just a evergreen type of question. And, you know, if you heard that last question, um, please let us know uh, what you think, because I think it's going to be a question that's going to be asked about what this team looks like and what you mean, what you want from a national team uh, going forward. Is it just to win? Do you care how they win? Um, let me see if uh, I can get uh, David back up here because uh, that's important. And, and also, let me uh, bring up some other people here that want to talk because uh, Wyatt, thank you. Uh, I apologize that we uh, lost you there. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, let's go to Ryan. Let's see what Ryan has to say. Ryan, are you there? Yes, Ryan, I am. Ryan, Ryan. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, we had a little technical glitch there. So, But you're here. You're on uh, the State of the Union. What uh, What do you want to talk about? Perfect. Um, I just want to give a little shout out to uh, Anthony Hudson. I feel like we can't really talk about the second half without him. Because, I mean, 
I kind of want to say it's night and day difference from the first half. How much of a shout out do you want to give him? Would you give him a shout out that uh, you are willing to say that he should uh, be not only in consideration, but one of the favorites for the job going forward? That's actually, I was going to ask you the exact same question. I was going to ask how, how, um, how serious are we or how, how do we feel about Anthony Hudson? Because I, I don't know exactly how I feel about him yet because I know we have other options out there like Patrice Vieira, Terry Henry, I've heard he's interested, you know. But I, I have to give him credit for the two games that I've seen so far with Granada and uh, El Salvador tonight. I think he did, did a great job. Um, I just want to know, like, do we feel like he's a candidate? Is he a candidate? I just don't know. I mean, I think he's a candidate in that the United States Soccer Federation has said that they want to open the field and do an extensive search. And so a guy that you have who has been a part of the program, who is now coached in the interim capacity, I think would qualify for that. But what I what I don't quite understand is if if Greg Berhalter, as they have said, is a candidate and he is sitting right there and you can hire Greg Berhalter tomorrow if you want, then why would you hire his second in command, a uh, you know a staff that Greg Burhalter assembled? Why why wouldn't you just go for uh, for Greg Burhalter unless you really felt that Greg Burhalter lost the plot along the way? And you know I guess I guess that's fair and or believe that while Greg Burhalter lost the plot, uh, Hudson understood that the plot had been lost and was not able to rectify the situation, but given the full reins would be able to do uh, much more, especially with that, uh, with that background. I, I know I just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think that everybody has been kind of operating under the assumption that he's just there in, in a temporary capacity until the next person comes through. And whoever that next coach is, by the way, should be given the opportunity to field whoever they believe they should have on their staff. And if you're going to clean house after Greg Berhalter, for whatever number of reasons out there, some legit and some not legit, but whatever, if you're going to if you're going to move on, then I think that you should clean the slate and you should start anew uh, with everybody there. And then people will argue, well, are you just throwing the baby out with the bathwater and the, the good that exists? And maybe that good is Hudson and others o- over there. Why throw those away when you have them sitting there at your disposal? But you know what? Somebody may come in that says, I don't want any of these guys around. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how much you believe in them, but they're not part of my staff and I don't want to do that. So anyway. So if if you were head of the U.S. Soccer Federation, who are you hiring? Uh, yeah, Lexi might be having some issues. So believe it or not, I'm going to take over here, which means you're going to start to see all these people drop out soon because nobody wants to hear <laughs> me talk. But uh, no, I, I would say on Anthony Hudson, uh, it would have to stretch out until the summer where they can't get anybody else to take the job and he coaches the nation's league and the gold cup and if he were to somehow win those tournaments and the team were to play really well then it would at least uh become a conversation uh i still don't think he would get it but then at least there would be some debate about keeping him um as far as who they're going to go after um i don't know obviously they got to hire a general manager first and then that person is going to decide uh but you know we on our recent podcast alexi rattled off some candidates that he thinks should are worthy of consideration. People like Jesse Marsh, Jim Curtin, Patrick Vieira, who you mentioned. I think all of those you can make a decent argument for. So there are some pretty good candidates out there that they could potentially get. But so I, I think the Hudson scenario is a real long shot. I think it's going to end up being one of these people I just mentioned. Okay. Yeah. Good answer there, Mossy. Good answer. You're back. 
And I'm back. I know the uh, the audio isn't great, but uh, you're just going to have to grin and bear it uh, as we get uh, as we get through this. And we won't go much too uh, too much longer. Let's just take a couple more callers and let people talk that uh, are much uh, smarter than I. Not not you, Mossy, because you know you're the savant. But uh, okay, let's see. How about we go over here and we go to bum, 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 CT. How about CT? Let's see what CT has to say. CT. Let's see what that stands for, and let's see what CT has for us. CT, you there? Yes. No. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Um, you know, first of all, I wanted to say thank you for for allowing me to speak. Uh, I I'm a full time soccer coach, and uh, I always listen to you, so it's a it's an honor. Um, anyway, what I my thoughts on the game today no were, you know. Overall positive, like I thought there was a crisp movement, sharp movement. They played much faster than El Salvador, but but I don't think we need to, uh, like I don't think we should overlook uh, some things that I think were a little concerning. I think in possession sometimes it was a little sloppy and they could have been, they were vulnerable in transition. It's just that El Salvador didn't have the quality to exploit, you know, those gaps. But I, I think there were some, some uh, d- negative giveaways in, in part of the game, including the second half. And I also think uh, they were too reliant on their right side. I didn't see too much from the left side. Um, so th- those are my thoughts on the game. Um, so unbalanced. You're saying it's yeah, unbalanced. Yeah, I, th- I think they, the, it, it looked, the right side looked good, but I, don't, I didn't see enough from the left side. And, you know, if, if a, a team with a good tactical coach, you know, shuts down that right side, I think the U.S. would struggle. So um, those okay. are my thoughts. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling, my friend. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mossy, uh, the Hudson thing, I heard you a little bit right there, but do you think it's either fair or smart to, after two games against uh, Granada and El Salvador, to call for Hudson uh, to be the head coach? I do not. Uh, as I told uh, Ryan, uh, it would have to drag out until the summer, and then he coaches the Nations League semis and the Gold Cup if the U.S. were to win those trophies and play really well. I still don't think he would get the job, but then it's at least a conversation. That's what it would have Got to it. Got it. All right, let's talk to uh, Stephen Howard. Good evening, Alexi. Hey there. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to speak with you and David. Awesome. Well, what uh, what'd you think? Well, I, I just, I actually, uh, I'm about 30 minutes late. I kind of had to join the game late. So uh, 1-0 is better than nothing, but I was expecting more. Okay. All right. So you were, you were left unfulfilled, unsatisfied ultimately by this performance. That's okay, though. That's, <laughs> that's not the, uh, the worst thing in the world. What, if, you, if I bring it back and I get you to look much more big picture, obviously after what happened with the World Cup, with all of the drama that's happened over the last few months uh, with Greg Berhalter, 
If you had the ability to wave your magic wand, what would you do with this national team going forward, both in terms of the coaching staff and, I don't know, if I, I and on the field in terms of the direction that you would want it to go towards 2026? Well, I, I, I think broadly speaking, my kind of two cents were that the culture of the national team and the federation was kind of incestuous, is the word that comes to mind. And so I'm definitely of the mentality that I think we do need to bring in someone who, who's a complete outsider and who doesn't have any kind of drama or personal relationship with any players or their parents or any other parties. Okay, but what, what, what does that entail? Because we are dealing with humans. We are dealing with humans in the soccer sphere. And certainly you could get somebody from a different soccer or part of the soccer sphere that would still come with baggage, that would still come with history, uh, that would still come with relationships in the past. So when, when people say nepotism uh, or, you know, all the other words that are, that are used, you know, my, my question is, what does this person look like that has absolutely no connection, no history, no baggage? And by the way, is that necessarily even a good thing? There's a reason why mm. certain industries, certain technologies, well, not just certain. Yeah. Technologies and industries are populated by uh, people that have history, that have experience, that have relationships, that have connections right. in the industry. So what does this person uh, look like ultimately that, uh, that you are bringing in that has none of these? Well, I, I, I think for starters, uh, I, I, I think someone with, with European club experience uh, is ideal. I, I personally uh, think that someone maybe like, like a Vieira or a Marsh are worth considering. I know the latter probably sounds like a contradiction, but what the heck, I'll go with it. It's, it's 10 o'clock at night here on the East Coast, so my brain's a little sloppy. But, uh, but you yeah. don't think that Jesse Marsh, for the love of God, is connected and has history and has relationships that have been established over decades and decades of being knee deep in American soccer, notwithstanding his, uh, you know, his uh, his trips and his and his adventures, what he's done over the last few years. But Jesse is as American soccer as anybody out there. And yet that would be something that you'd be OK with. I, I think in his particular case, I would because of the European experience. Uh, which I which I think is really valuable, uh, but there I say you you've made a very good point, and I'll I'll defer to the time zone difference for my mind being sloppy. But I actually had <laughs> no, a question no. for you, Alexi. Which I actually yes. wanted to call and ask for your take on something. Okay. Uh, not I'm not one to be pontificating about such important matters as our national team manager, but I wanted to ask you about uh, Gio Reyna if you hadn't mm -hmm. touched on this already just for your assessment and David's assessment of his performance over these last couple of games, given the off the field issues. So a couple of things, I, I think that whatever, uh, not whatever, but the actions that his parents took that are now documented, um, those are actions of his parents and they are not, and nor should they be put upon his shoulders. Okay. They are, and they're always, always going to be part of the story. That's just the reality of the situation. And they, while he's a young younger player you know he's still old enough to recognize that that is life and welcome to life um having said that you know he is an incredible young talent that still hasn't come to fruition in terms of maximizing what he can be i think uh these two these last two games i don't think have you know convinced anybody that he is well on his way to doing that but it doesn't mean that he that, that he can't. The and I mentioned this on the last call. The 
um, the criticism of his body language, I think, <laughs> is I, I, I just don't think it gets us anywhere because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you may your body may react to certain situations in a completely different way than my than my do. And I'm not saying that body language isn't, a, isn't an important thing or it can't influence out there. But he is just kind of always going to look pissed off, dour, um, angry about whatever it is, just in the way that he looks. It doesn't mean that he is necessarily angry or pissed or pissed off. And so that body language is never going to help him. And you can tell him, but he's not going to ever change that. Ultimately, all I care about what his body's doing is doing good things for the U.S. And there are certainly things that he has done and I think certainly things that he can do going on uh, going uh, going in the future um whoever is the next coach I don't think is going to give two rats you know what <laughs> about what happened it'll be just kind of part of the story they will understand the history and they will go on and say look can this player help me keep my job going forward and I, I'll, I'll leave you with this and I, I said this the other day on Twitter for those that follow Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, you would be absolutely, well, I don't know if you'd be surprised, but I think you would be surprised as to what professional athletes are able to ignore and compartmentalize and rationalize when it comes to the behavior of their teammates and people within, uh, within a team. Ultimately, it comes down to, does this guy help me win? I don't have to like you. I don't even have to respect you, but I have to believe that I am better with you on the field. and. That, I, like I said, it's a beautiful ruthlessness that exists in professional sports. But ultimately, I think it's what makes athletes great is they are able to do that compartmentalization, even in the face of some crazy stuff that is going on. I really appreciate that, Alexi. I'm happy to turn it back over to you unless you want to keep pounding away questions about the U.S. men's national team manager. No, no, we're going to we're going to wrap this up in a little bit, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for calling, my friend. Thank you for what you do. All right. See ya. David, you still there? I am. Anything uh, come to mind? Because I know that mind of your works, uh, yours works over time. Well, on Gio, uh, he can be an odd player to watch. Kyle Martino pointed this out, uh, the way he glides around. It sometimes makes it look like he's not trying that hard. And I don't think he completely trusts his body yet. We're not seeing a lot of sharp cuts or sprints to the ball. But you can still see the talent. Uh, that play early in the second half where Pulisic played a wonderful ball to him and he skipped around the defender and then struck a shot off the post. So... Um, I still think there's incredible upside there, and he's definitely a player that needs to be part, a uh, key part of this team moving forward. Should we take a couple more questions, Mossy, before we head out? Yes, let's okay. do it. Okay, let's. Uh, oh gosh, there's so many people that want to talk. I really appreciate uh, you guys tuning in here. Uh, let's go over here. How about we go over to uh, a boys' high school coach and a barber shop owner, Brian? Let's see what Brian has to say. Brian, are you there? Hey, how are you doing, Alexi? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Bangor. Uh, well, I'm from Calais, uh, Maine. Oh, right. Out there in Bangor. All right. And you are yep. uh, the coach up there for a high school, right? Yeah, Calais High School. Oh, wonderful. Um, what do you want to talk about? 
So definitely a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the return of Robinson in defense was great. I felt in the first game we were missing Cameron Carter-Vickers until Robinson came back, and the way the two center backs worked together tonight was awesome to watch that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think overall, once the substitutes were made, the, the team just looked different. And uh, I kind of agreed with what the announcer said, is that they were almost playing like a 4-2-4, the four high, um, when they started pressing more. And I liked that approach. I was kind of confused about the formation change because it seems like they've always been a 4-3-3 team. But uh, I think the second half, they, they did a better job working together like that. All right. I mean, yes, obviously second half was better. And sometimes it's sometimes it's a little unfair because sometimes teams need to kind of just erode the opposition. And that takes time. And during that time when things aren't happening, while it might, from a scoreline score line perception, look like nothing is happening, what you're actually doing is you're just, like I said, just chipping away. And then, you know, the goal comes. And it might come later. And it might come with personnel that's coming off the bench. And so there, you know, sometimes it's unfair to players that, were part of that game where all of that erosion was happening and all that work that was done to chip away. Uh, and then the people that come on the field uh, benefit from it. But ultimately, uh, to your point, I, I think that first half was, was, not, was not good. And I think Anthony Hudson would say the same thing. And, uh, you know, he couched it in kind of, well, this is a competitive game. Yeah, it's a competitive game. And uh, El Salvador has gotten much better, and so they are going to give us a competitive game. But I think we did expect more, even from the first half, even though uh, it didn't translate into uh, the scoreline. All right, Brian, get back to your kids, my friend. Have a good one. All right, see ya. Mossy, anything before we head out? Well, let me just say, uh, the big loser in this international window is me, because you did a Spaces Without Me on Friday that was flawless, crisp, no technical right? issues. God. You bring me in tonight, and it proves to be a disaster. I know Sean Sullivan and Kiara are nodding right now. They can't believe what a mess I made of this. So th- this will probably be they, my yeah, last they, spaces ever. That's not, not true at all, and they uh, they are going to do some editing tonight. I will say, and, and even though I didn't hear uh, you finish up there with uh, with Gio Reyna, that the um, <laughs> this phenomenon that he has when, when you watch him, where he looks like he is playing – in a lazy manner. Uh, This is genetic because Claudio Reyna uh, used to look like he was in one gear and gliding. Having said that, and you even saw it tonight, even though he looks like he's just kind of (laughs) lollygagging around, he still is able to find a way to get by you. And Claudio did the exact same thing where you were running with him and he would just glide past you. And it wasn't a dip of a of a shoulder. It wasn't a, a, you know, a real marked change of pace. It was just this languid type of movement uh, and body movement. And it can at times be seen as being lazy, like I said, and it's, it's not necessarily, and I'm, look, I'm not saying that he doesn't have uh, room to improve and I hope, uh, and I hope that he does. Um, When it comes to this uh, national team, I think uh, ultimately a interesting, uh, informative, and I guess you could say a successful window. Uh, we know that for the most part, other than uh, than Miles, this was a uh, camp devoid of MLS players. I think the next camp uh, they were telling us is going to have a lot more of that. And ultimately, when we see this team this summer, 
or when we see them in Nations League or when we see this team this summer in Gold Cup, uh, it will be this this mix of all of these players. Hopefully at that time, Mossy, we have uh, the rules fulfilled so that a coach can be uh, can be named. But I, I mean, I wouldn't hold I wouldn't hold your breath because, you know, this is just going to drag on, unfortunately. And there's a lot of people out there that are looking at it and saying every day that we don't do something or don't have something in place is a wasted day and we get closer and closer to 2026 and you know ultimately that is the big goal and we are wasting time by not having somebody in charge and there is a part of me mossy that just says ultimately i don't care just put somebody in charge and i hope that they're competent and i hope that they are given this incredible gift that is this generation and the generations coming up behind and the 2026 world cup and I hope that they are competent enough to get us there uh, and to have us at the height of our powers when, when it comes to uh, 2026. Obviously, they're going to get there no matter what because they're going to automatically uh, automatically qualify. But you still need somebody in charge. And so I hope that that uh, ultimately happens. Uh, for those of you who are out there that do uh, subscribe and listen to the State of the Union podcast, uh, thank you so much for doing that. Mossy and I and everybody over at Fox really, really appreciate that. There are so many of you that do on a consistent basis uh, now twice uh, twice a week. We have so much fun doing it. It is and continues to be a work in progress. And these types of things where we actually get to uh, talk to folks uh, they're they're really cool. And we really, really enjoy the fact that there are so many people. And I will tell you from being out there on the road, when I come in contact with people and they say, hey, I listen to your pod or hey, a lot of times they say, hey, say hi to Mossy. Um, it's really, really cool to know that it is resonating and that people are talking about it. And look, I know that there is a huge um, family, if you will, out there of American soccer podcasts, and they run the gamut in terms of what they focus on. And we are just one of them. And so that we are part of your library out there of soccer listening and viewing, uh, it warms the cockles of our redheaded heart. And so thank you. So well, my redheaded heart, Mossy, you know, should be so lucky as to have the mutant gene. But we will be back in studio and giving you the uh, State of the Union content that you know, love and crave as we go forward. Uh, but until then, and as always, my friends, thank you for listening to the State of the Union and size the day.